Hey, welcome to the Hanging with Coach Noonan podcast. Glad you found us for another season. Really hope you enjoyed the guests that we have today. Take a listen. Reach out if you want some more information. Enjoy the time. Enjoy the learn. Hopefully you get better from this. The Hanging with Coach Noonan podcast is a big fan of cookies. I'm excited to announce the podcast now has an official cookie sponsor, Texas Treaties. Texas Treaties is a Dallas-based custom cookie company that can design and decorate any shape and color combo you can think of. Not only do they look amazing, they taste great also. Texas Treaties is offering Dallas area listeners a special 10% off promo. Use the code podcast at checkout. Link to order will be in the show notes. If you are in the market for fine men's wear, i.e. suits, shirts, ties, etc., you need to check out Etiquette Dawn. I personally have several pieces from him, and every time I wear them, I feel confident, well-dressed, and I receive many compliments. Etiquette Dawn is a truly custom apparel company that will have you look, looking like a sharp-dressed man. Check out www.etiquettedawncustomapparel.com for more information. Make sure to follow them on Instagram and TikTok at Etiquette Dawn as well. All coaches have their go-to drink for waking up and getting their energy boosted. For me, that's coffee. I prefer black coffee, so that means buying high-quality beans so that I can grind and brew them at home and enjoy my cups of happiness. Viking Coffee is my go-to company for a monthly subscription of great variety of beans that produce excellent cups time after time. Podcast listeners, use the code COFFEEWITHNOONAN, all one word, for a 10% discount off. Check out www.vikingcoffeeco.com for more details and to order the official coffee of the Hanging with Coach Noonan podcast. Drink coffee, work hard. Today's episode is a special one as it features a sponsor of the podcast who is a former strength coach and now current owner of Viking Coffee, Evan Armstrong. Today's episode also coincides with National Coffee Day. Evan and I talk about his time at Bowling Green State University, where he was a GA intern for three and a half years. We also discuss starting Viking Coffee in 2016 in Bowling Green, Ohio, and moving to Traverse City, Michigan. Evan is an awesome person, coach, owner, and friend. He enjoys Ethiopian roasts through the Chemex pour-over, training squats, and just all-out gaining information and knowledge. Enjoy today's episode. Make sure you follow Evan and Viking Coffee on Instagram, and don't forget to drink coffee and work hard. On today's episode of the Hanging with Coach Noonan podcast, I am joined by another bearded friend of mine. Uh, I've been a subscriber to their amazing coffee for over a year now, and going on to, uh, I'm here with the founder of Viking Coffee, Evan Armstrong. What's going on, brother? How are you? Hey, man. Doing good. Thank you for having me on. Appreciate you reaching out. Absolutely. It's been a it's been a long time coming. Um, you know, I know we've, we've talked about a couple of different things in, in the DMs about uh, sponsorship or whatnot. Um, but uh, at the end of the day, uh, you know, this podcast is just about um, connecting people and, and sharing knowledge. And I know you're an avid lifter uh, still. Um, I believe mm-hmm. you had a, a little bit of a background in strength conditioning um, or Olympic weightlifting. Um, but then also on the coffee side, it's it's kind of the uh, the go-to drink for, for coaches in general, but for sure strength coaches. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, what better way to to talk about two great things, but uh, bring it, bring an awesome guest on that knows a little thing about weightlifting and knows a little bit more about coffee. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, that's kind of where I'd gotten my start with coffee was I had uh, just, I was already drinking it prior to getting into strength conditioning. But then as I got into strength conditioning, it was just like, it was like one of like the first things that us interns kind of had to do in the morning is you start the coffee pot. And yeah, I just started drinking it more and more and more. And it eventually led to me just kind of <clears throat> doing a little bit of research in a cast iron skillet. And I just kind of started doing that as a hobby. There you go. So let's talk about, you know, kind of your, your background, uh, more so from the strength conditioning side. Let's take us through your journey uh, before you decided to step away from that and kind of go fully in on the, on the coffee deal. Yeah. Um, so originally I had, I had started like completely volunteer. I was still, I was still in college. Um, so here's this 2015, I think. So not too long ago, but it kind of is, but kind of didn't, um, started completely volunteer, went in for, um, an interview and I well, I guess let me back up. So I had sent out like a bunch of emails to a few schools around like the Ohio area. So uh, BGSU was the school I was attending at the time. Uh, I'd sent an email to, I think the assistant strength conditioning coach at Ohio state. Um, I'd think I just, I sent it uh, an email to the head strength coach at Ohio university. Um, and the only one who got back to me was um, Kenny Goodrich, who was my boss at, at BGSU for my entire time there. Um, so went, went in for an interview. They loved me. And it pretty much said uh, that I was more than welcome to come in and just kind of get my feet wet, hang out with them, train with them, help out when teams were in, when football was in, um, in the springtime, just to you know get my feet wet, see what they're about, understand their values, how they operate, how they run, how they coach. And... I think after the first day I made it a point to, okay, like if I'm not in class or sleeping, I'm in the way you're learning, helping out, doing like whatever I can to maybe get myself a job in the future. Uh, so I, I did that <clears throat> and did my volunteer internship in the summer, which that was technically what it, when it was supposed to be. And I stayed on all through the fall uh, and then the following spring and then that following spring, they offered me a paid position. It was a two-year contract uh, with the university. My primary sports were football and women's tennis. Um, but yeah, I'd done that for about close to four years. And it was the most fun I've had in a career, you know, other than, you know, my current one. But it was a blast. Like, <clears throat> if if I could still have the same standard of living that I that I do now and still make money and make an income, uh, I would for sure do, you know, be, be a strength coach for free for like a team. Cause it's just so much fun. I like, I enjoyed it. Yeah. What do you think, you know, working at a, at a school like Bowling Green, um, you know, kind of has some notoriety, but at the same time it doesn't. So it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's kind of one of those under the radar, <clears throat> but if you know, you know, what are some things that, that you took from that that you've actually applied um, to your current business? I would say um, the biggest one is your culture. So I was very fortunate at the school that I went to. Um, so I worked with or interacted, I should say, with, I guess, interacted and worked with um, Two different staffs, two completely different football staffs, um, two technically three completely different strength conditioning staffs for football. 
Um, when I was volunteering, Babers was in, so he's now head coach at Syracuse. Um, so he Babers had his crew in for strength conditioning. Culture is fucking phenomenal. Um, like you go in, you knew exactly what the standard was. You'd go in, get the lift in. All the kids knew they they respected E, and the the culture was great. It catered. It, I don't really. I don't know how to explain it, but it was a winning culture, at least there at, at BG. And then um, following staff came in, which Jinx, all his crew were, I think, mostly Texas. So not that I know anything about, you know, recruiting or coaching or all that stuff where, where they come to come into play a football, but it was definitely a different, different vibe than what I was used to. Um, but I mean, at first kind of, you know, it grew on you and kind of learn who everyone was and you, you interact with everyone and, you know, got to build relationships with them. Uh, and then <laughs> towards the end of the first season, you kind of realize like, oh shit, like we were kind of drinking the Kool-Aid a little bit. Like, you know, we were believing our own hype and then, you know, you get to the end of the season, you come off of, uh, I don't remember what we were 2015. I think we were like 10 and something like three losses, I think. Um, and then we go from that to being four and eight. And then the following year after that, we were, I think, two and 10. So it's just like the culture shock from that coming from just being exposed to winning, at least for me anyway, to then just going to a, you know, a culture within a team. I was honestly just complete dog shit. You're kind of like, well, you get both ends of the spectrum. So you can kind of see the good and bad and how everything kind of develops reasons why good culture is extremely important you you'd end up being with the with all the well, all the coaching staff for for football preaching saying all this good stuff and then we're doing that same thing in the weight facility because we're with the athletes majority of the year so like we're pretty much saying hey we, we got to instill this culture that the coach wants us to and when the coaches go off and don't live the actual standard that they're trying to set and then we're trying to set it and it's not working because the coaches aren't living by it. You kind of screw up the system. It doesn't work as it should. And I think that was probably one of the biggest things that I kind of figured out over my two years that, that I was, I guess, paid working there is just seeing the shift in culture from a winning team to a losing team. Interesting. When you're there, right. And you're still a young, a young guy, and you're working with guys similar in age, mm -hmm. how did you ensure that you weren't just kind of being ignored because you were just another young guy in the weight room versus, oh, shit, he actually knows what the hell he's talking mm -hmm. about. Like, let, let me let me give him his respect. Yeah. Um, well, I think the first, the first thing is in my – previous boss, Sean Edinger, who was a head strength coach when I first started volunteering. He, he said this all the time, constant repetition carries conviction. And when I was in there, like I was literally in there from spring till the end of the 2015 season. So I think over time of me being in, being in there and the guys going from just kind of seeing me in the background as, you know, a, a, a new kid, a new intern, like, all right, this motherfucker's going to be gone in like nine months. Right to it being nine months later, I'm still there. I have responsibility over two or three racks. I'm coaching guys. I'm, I'm teaching them. 
you know, I'm showing them respect, which I think that's probably like the biggest thing is just actually show the players respect. Like you're not gonna, like you're not gonna walk in there and like immediately, you know, hey, this is the law. This is how we're doing it. And these kids are like looking at you like, the fuck is this guy? You know, um, you got to show them respect too. And I think it, it's not something you get instantly. You kind of got to, you got to show it. You got to actually live it and be there cons- consistently. And yeah, I, you know, that'll work itself out. I mean, my, my buddy Ryan, he had been there. He'd been volunteering in that weight facility since he was a freshman. So like a majority of the guys who were older, he was there volunteering when they were freshmen. So they knew who he was and they, they respected them in that way. What, what was it about the weight room culture specifically that you think um, made your job and, and made your time there so enjoyable and so memorable more so on the good side mm-hmm. i would say for sure the, the staff that i worked with um when when i went and interviewed uh kenny was I can't remember his exact i was assistant strength conditioning coach i think he was a good dude and like i said in the beginning he he was there my entire i guess career we'll say in string conditioning so from when i was a volunteer to where i was like a paid intern he, he was there and he really set the standard as a, like for our staff is like hey this is this is how the bgsu strength staff does things this isn't how we're not you know this other team we're not these people we're not these people this is how bgsu strength staff does it um, so that really led to, again, a really, a, a great culture amongst the staff. So for me, it was knowing that I kind of, I, I had that culture, I guess, having my back, like that just made it so enjoyable because it didn't matter if I had a, you know, a bad day or an off day or whatever. I knew that if I needed to get my mind right people in the staff, people that worked, my friends would gladly help me do that, you know? Um, and two, they'll actually hold you accountable. Like when you mess up or when you do something wrong or when you should have done something differently, it's not like, you know, it's not that like they're going to come at you and motherfuck you. Um, but it's more so like, Hey, this is what I saw you do this. And this is, they would turn into a teaching moment is what I'm trying to say. So yeah, they'd be pissed. They would admit it like, yeah, I'm pissed, but they would turn into a teaching moment. And that's something that I think was really valuable. Yeah, that's very important. I think that's a sign of not just great culture, but great leadership from the top down. I think Mm -hmm. so many times, regardless of what you're in, whether it's business, education or whatever, you have the person at the top who just berates everybody. And then that trickles down and just creates this negative and toxic culture that mm-hmm. exists. Um, and then that environment continues to just breed that negativity. But when you enjoy being around the people that you work with and they can help you and they hold mm-hmm. you accountable, I think that's so crucial for not just your personal success, but theirs as well. Because like you said, like, you know that if you're not doing something right or you're not having the best of days, those guys are going to pick you up and and vice versa. If they're struggling, they're going to be picked up. And so 
you know, to be able to count on somebody and lean on somebody at your place of work, I think is, is, is very underrated um, and probably very under, under emphasized. Um, you know, everybody talks about, talks about culture and environment and positivity, mm. but, but are they actually walking the walk? Yeah. And that, that is a huge part of it. Now it's probably like my first like big lesson in culture. And even, even if I didn't necessarily realize it at first, because I, a lot of, a lot of the things I witnessed when I was, when I was there as, as a strength coach and kind of like hearing Kenny talk about it and kind of seeing it, like kind of understanding it, I kind of understood it. And as I've kind of gone along in, in business and learned a little bit more, I kind of like realized like things from, you know, two, three, four years ago are like starting to click with me now. I'm like, Oh, that's why that was the way it was because these guys are like, I was saying, like they were saying it, but then they like, as soon as they get off of, you know, the athletic grounds, they're off doing something completely different. And whether they think kids are seeing that or not, you know, they are, you know, you, cause you never know who's watching and when. Oh, absolutely, man. No doubt. Like, you know, I, it, it's one thing when, when you're an adult, like for me coaching high school ball, um, you know, yeah, I'll have my legal adult fun, um, but I don't display that mm -hmm. to my to my athletes. Yeah. Um, we talk, you know, we'll have conversations about, you know, the harms of it and, and you know, make them aware of, of poor choices. Um, but at the same time, exactly what you said, you never know who's watching. Um, I don't know how many times I've been to professional games, whether it's basketball, uh, or baseball, uh, or even football, I'm, I always, there's a, always a good chance of running into somebody I've coached or mm -hmm. taught. Um, and it happened more often when I was in the Dallas area, uh, than it has, whether I've been in South Texas. Um, I haven't been to much here in central Texas yet. Of course I moved during COVID. So that was a little bit of an issue, but, um, you know, it still comes down to, I don't want to be in a position to create a negative look for myself in the eyes of somebody that sees me as a positive person uh, mm. or, or has a positive impact in them. Uh, Cause it only takes one time for something bad to happen to undo all the positive stuff. Even if it's been years that one time could just be detrimental for whoever. Yeah. No, a hundred percent. And, and in college it was, it was interesting because, you know, that's completely different. Like mo majority of the athletes I'll say are of legal drinking age area, you know, so whether they're all, you know, you know, partaking in, you know, all the typical, you know, extracurricular activities that, you know, we're, everyone's aware of that they do. And also being, same age as like some of the seniors and you want to do the same thing with your friends in like a small like college town. It was, it was really interesting. So it's like, I quickly kind of became aware of like, all right, I don't go to this bar. I don't go to this bar. That bar's cool. That bar's not cool. It's just like, you just, all right, like it's responsibility. Like I'm not going to go. I'm their coach. Why am I going to go to the same bar that they are? Like, I get it. We're both like same legal drinking age, but also it's just like, there's that level there that it's just like, you don't want to cross, you know? 
Right. What was it like? Um, I, I'm assuming you guys as a coaching staff would, would train together um, at the facility. Uh, mm-hmm. So what was that like in comparison to how you train now? <clears throat> um, there is, I mean, I guess as far as like programming goes, the, the first, I guess my first real experience of like training together, like as a staff was when I was still volunteer intern, we, in the summer, it was made a requirement that all of, um, all the interns and then I guess literally everyone else on the staff, we all did the Q method. Um, so that was one thing, like we had a literally set time when we started it. I think there was like kind of like a, a syllabus week where we all like went through and they explained the program to us, how it worked, what we should expect to feel like, you know, during certain weeks or during certain like training days. And then I think the following week we, we had to do it. We had to train um, together as a staff and do the program together. And their big reason with that was, is how can you expect to coach others if you yourself have not experienced it? So that was that first kind of summer together. That was really cool experience. I had a lot of fun during that. It was because not only would we do like the cube, like that standard programming, but then also on Fridays, we would do the same workouts that we would prescribe for, for football and pretty much every Friday that we had in that summer, every Friday workout was a suck fest. So we would do those same things. And that was it. And that always develops a very special bond between you and everyone else that you're training with when you're going through those days, because you kind of see everyone and you kind of see who the hard workers are, who the people who are actually doing everything, how it's supposed to be done versus the people who are trying to cut corners. And it really holds everyone accountable, which is great. I loved it. It was so much fun. Um, and then like, as we went on, like, you know, me and my, me and my buddy Ryan, like we went through and ran, I think a couple more cycles of the cube together. We trained together. It was really fun. It was great having a training partner. Um, and then, you know, like we kind of just go, go off and like try our own things, try our own programming, do different programming and just try different things. Like we both went and did an Olympic weightlifting course and got our USAW. And then we both went and did our own little things with like an Olympic weightlifting program. So you kind of got a taste of like everything. Um, and I guess how I train now, I still kind of train most, mostly the same. So how I kind of like, if you see like the workouts I post on my Viking coffee account, like if we if we were to go and write those up on a board, that's literally how they would look on the board, like numbered ABC or however I have them out with like all the different supersets. That's how they look. That's pretty much what I've, kind of have ingrained in me from training from just writing out workouts and training teams that way and that's kind of still how it is but um not really training for like any kind of specific goal just you know having fun just trying to get a lot of my strength back that i had you know a few years ago but just be smarter about it i should say yeah no doubt man what um What, what do you personally have goal-wise? I know you're working through the 70 hard, 75 hard, um, I think just the, the, like the actual life program at this point, not just the straight 75 hard challenge. I think you're on, what, phase one or two. 
So aside from just accomplishing those feats, what else are you personally looking to do? Um, not necessarily just the general, Oh, I want to make my business better. Well, yeah. no shit. Everybody wants to do that, <laughs> but you know, like what, what, what is motivating you? I know you just talked about getting your strength back, um, mm -hmm. but what is kind of motivating you to pursue a program like this and, and create more discipline within you? I guess, well, that, I think that would be it is just, I'm trying to create more discipline because I know there's, there's been several times, especially when my contract ended and I wasn't like re required to go in and, and train or coach or do any of that. So like the first couple of months that my contract was ended, like I was, you know, I was still waking up early, still doing that whole, my whole morning routine that I had, but I would go into the gym a little bit later. And then that eventually led to me sleeping in a little bit longer and not doing my morning routine and then going into the gym like way later and then eventually progress where I'm sleeping in real late. I'm not really doing much of anything. I'm not going to the gym. And that whole thing kind of like clicked with me and like, oh shit, I'm like now that I don't have like structure in my life or a regimen, like I'm starting to slip and fall behind. So, and at the time 75 hard wasn't like created or anything. So I didn't mm -hmm. know about it. It's just like, all right, make sure, you know, you stay on task, go to the gym. I honestly can't remember what I was doing to like try to keep myself disciplined then. But um, I think for me, it's just always building discipline because there's always that, you know, fear of kind of going back to like where you were. So I actually just wrapped up phase two today and today was my last day. And I kind of realized like I had gotten done with my workout, my second outdoor workout. And I was, and I hate running too, by the way, like I, any kind of like sprint long distance, I don't like it. I did cross country and, and track in high school and I got, I got my fill with running then, <laughs> but I know if I make myself run, it's not necessarily going to make my cardiovascular system better and be able to, you know, sustain longer running periods. Like that's just kind of a bonus. I know when I do it, it's going to build more discipline because I don't like it. I don't like the activity. So I know if I can make myself do it and get better at it. But I want to flip over and let's talk on the business side, let's, let's, you, you know, you mentioned early uh, that, you know, for you, coffee was kind of a habit deal when you were, you know, the, the GA and, and intern, you would go in, you'd start the coffee pot. Then you started using a cast iron skillet and roasting some beans. So mm -hmm. how did hobby become full-time business become almost like, a? I guess you kind of looked pushing it in the direction of more of like, I don't want to say a lifestyle brand, but it's more than just like, Hey, we sell coffee and it's good. Mm -hmm. You know? No, no, I'd say a lifestyle is a good way okay. to put it. I mean, that's, I mean, that is what I'm trying to push it towards. So no, that's actually a really good description of it. Um, I guess how I went from like, just kind of like being a hobby to, to a full-time thing was I, so <laughs> It was a hobby business, I'd say, for like the first two years I was in string conditioning. Um, so like I made it legit and everything, had, you know, the the DBA and website and all that stuff. So it was legally registered with the state of Ohio. Um, and then when my contract ended with the university, um, about, mm, I'd say maybe a few months before I graduated, before my contract ended and all that, I kind of had 
you know, I kind of like to talk myself almost, not really, but, you know, I'm thinking like, all right, like, I know I'm going to stop getting, I'm going to stop getting paid here. I'm going to graduate here. Then I have the choice of either go out and, you know, try to find a job as a strength coach elsewhere or, you know, pursue fighting coffee full time, which living in Bowling Green, college town, fortunately, it's like super cheap there. So, I mean, affording rent, paying utilities, all that stuff really isn't too much of a, you know, burden on my wallet. Um, so I decided to just, you know, stick with it for the first, like, I think six months of 2019 and just kind of see how things rolled. First six months goes by, I'm still, you know, on top of all my bills, paying everything, you know, I'm paying back student loans and all that just off the business. Um, and now I look back on it, I probably went and got a part-time job to help supplement that. But that was kind of like my first taste of like being full-time with something. And then, you know, last year, 2020 kicked off, you know, it was great dandy and February comes around and then, you know, the whole thing starts kind of going downhill. Um, that, that year, I think really kind of plugged into my head of, you know, Hey, you either need to really take this serious or you just need to kind of put this on the wayside and, you know, let it die. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm just like, all right, well, I guess we'll just double down on it and see where it goes. Uh, not that necessarily approach it with that mentality, you know, it's just like, all right, well, you know, it's time to figure it out. And, and I think, you know, having something as serious as that kind of come up in your life, whether you want it to or not, uh, it'll really kind of kick you in gear and, and put you in the right, in the direction that you want to go or either don't want to go, I guess, depending on how you want to look at the situation. Gotcha. No doubt. Well, you know, I personally appreciate the fact that you, you dove all in on this. Um, you know, I, I enjoy receiving the, the box every month. Uh, I think right now I have more bags than I know what to do with. So I give them, the, I give them <laughs> away to people, um, you know, but just, it's weird. I go through cycles where I'm drinking a crap ton of coffee a day. Mm -hmm. And then there's days where I'm like, uh, one cup, two cup and, and like, that's it. Or I don't even finish yeah. a cup and a half. Um, you know, we're, <clears throat> we're back to, uh, meeting for football in preparation for our, our fall camp to begin on August 2nd. Um, and the way in which we're structuring our week, I was like, I told one of the other coaches on the defensive side, I was like, shit, I didn't bring enough coffee for today. Uh, <laughs> I'll have to bring some more tomorrow. But then watch, I, I won't even drink it all tomorrow. Of course, it really doesn't even matter that it's, you know, 90 something degrees outside in mm -hmm. Texas right now. Like it's it's hot black coffee. Like, yeah, I'm not messing with anything else. Although uh, right before we jumped on, I, I got a lift in with one of our offensive line coaches and uh, I mixed the last bit that I had left over from this morning with uh, a scoop of first form uh, and that I had mixed with just some water. So it was kind of like mm -hmm. a little, little coffee protein shake and it was actually pretty good. Um, oh yeah. No, so no I do you, that shit all the time. There you go. <laughs> no, I know, I know exactly what you're talking about. Like camp for camp for us as strength coaches, like it was like, I felt we were like on call 24 hours a day. So I know exactly what you're like. I, I went through coffee like crazy when, when camp started up. 
No doubt. What's been your favorite thing about being your own boss? That's a tough question. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Man, I mean, I'm going to do it. Look, I'm going to be honest. Like there's, I mean, yeah, it's nice. It's, it's convenient. I guess if you, if you kind of have a crazy schedule, you can kind of arrange things around, but like there are plenty of times throughout the week that I'm just like, man, what the fuck, like, why do I have to be my own boss? Like, why, like, why am I the one dictating my schedule? Like someone else do this. Like, I don't want to do this. Like, I don't want to make this call. I don't want to go see this person. Someone else do it. But it's just like, you know, I, I'm the guy, so I have to do it or it doesn't get done. Um, but I, I think, I think the most rewarding thing, and it, and it doesn't necessarily have to do with being my own boss, but I think the most rewarding thing, um, this is just kind of like seeing how many people or how, how many people like just appreciate what we're doing here. That's, which has nothing to do with being my own boss, but it's, to me, it's the most rewarding thing. It's really cool to see how many people have actually kept like every single letter that we've ever sent out, no matter if they've been with us for like a year, six months or two years or three years, we had a, um, we had a woman a couple weeks or no, not a couple weeks ago. Um, the last two or three weeks of June. So back in April, she had placed an order with us for old man strength. And then she had sent an email asking if we could send it to this other location, like in North Carolina, they're in Ohio. And she explained why was because she was getting, um, a wedding ring for her fiance at the time. And it had two of his favorite things in it. So he, he loves whiskey and he loves coffee. So it was going to be a ring. It was going to have part, uh, some wood from a barrel cask in it. And then some of our coffee beans in it. So like, they're actually like inlaid in the ring, which is pretty fucking cool. Hell yeah, it is. And strength. And then the la- I think maybe the first week of June, she, she contacted us and asked if, we can provide like their wedding favors. So we put together, I don't know, I don't remember how many bags, like I think 60 plus bags of like the, the sample bags that we sent out her way along with um, our, our barrel age stuff and another bag of old man strength kind of like has a wedding gift for them. <clears throat> and, and when I, when I talked to her over the phone, she said that she had saved that they have saved every single letter, every postcard, every Christmas card that we've ever sent with them. And it was really cool to, to hear that not only was old man strength, a big part of the wedding favor, but Mark, the guy who runs uh, the refined savage podcast was also the one marrying them. And then I think a couple, like maybe a week and a half later, I get a notification on IG that she tagged us in a post and I go look at it. And it's literally what she told me over the phone, literally every single letter, postcard, Christmas card, everything that we have ever sent to them, like how grateful they are that, that we do that. And that they're, that they get to support someone, you know, who, who, who actually does that, who, you know, treats their customers like they're actually people, like we actually care about them. And that was, that was really cool to see because I know I've, I've met the guy in person a couple of times at Mark's gym. He's a really cool dude. You know, I've loved talking to him. He's a really nice guy. And it, I don't know, it's one of those things. It's kind of like, it might seem insignificant to some people, but I don't know. To me, I just kind of, I love it. It was really, really cool. Where did the, 
where did the handwriting letters come from and, and why is that something that you think people people obviously that have subscribed or, or bought from you guys several times or for a while right it's it comes to be expected and you look forward to it but for those first time people that get it and they see it I, I would imagine that not many of them receive some kind of handwritten note or, or just even some kind of acknowledgement from mm-hmm. the company that they're ordering stuff from. I, I can think of a, a few other companies that are, that take time to, to do that. Um, but I still don't know if they are on the level that you guys are on uh, in terms of, of doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I mean, I've bought from, you know, several companies in the last couple of years and there's only like one other company that I can think of right off the top of my head that I know does that. That's first. Um, and when I tell people this now, like everyone asks like, oh, did you get that idea from first forms? It's like, no, actually, because when at, at the time when I started doing these, like I had no idea of first forms existence. Um, so when I had my website up, I think our first order that wasn't my mom came through. Uh, I'm like looking at the order. I'm like, I don't know who this person is. Like I'm going through like my friends lists, my friends and friends list. Right. I'm like going through all like all these contacts. I'm like, I'm like, all right, who, who actually knows this person? And like, I couldn't find anyone who like either they were a friend of, or were following them on IG or anything like that. So I'm like, all right, this is just some random person who either found our website stumbled across our IG page or Facebook page and say, you know what? Hey, I'm going to buy these people's coffee. So <clears throat> I'm trying to think what, what bags we had at the time. I think we had uh, like these like super skinny, like small half pound bags. And we just had, um, I'm looking to see if I actually have a sticker around here with it on it or not. I don't think I do. Maybe I do. I do. So, I mean, you can see this, but just those yeah, stickers yeah. right there. Like those are the ones we had. Yeah. I have an OG sticker. <laughs> Hell yeah. I think it's on my workbench in the garage. If it's not there, it's somewhere else, but I've got an OG sticker. That's awesome. But, but yeah, I, you know, there's like no other descriptors on, on the bag like we have now. So I'm like thinking, I'm like, all right, like how, how's this guy going to know what, you know, it tastes like, what kind of roast it is when it was roasted. Like, how's he going to know all this stuff? So I'm like, well, I'll just write him a letter. Like, I'll just, I'll just do that for literally everyone who, who orders from us. So like, I, I thank them. Cause I'm like, dude, this is like really cool. You're not my mom. You're buying from me. I don't know who you are. So thank you one for just supporting us. Um, <clears throat> and then do like, here's a little bit about the coffee. I'm like, shit. I'm like, hope, hope the coffee finds you well. Hope you enjoy it. And that's kind of how the letter started. Like I didn't, think of it as, Oh, I'll include handwritten letters and that's going to get a ton of buy-in. That's something that I figured out like years later. It's just like, I just wanted to show, show genuine like appreciation for someone that I have no idea who they are wanting to buy for me and buy my product. So that's kind of where that started. Oh, I love that, man. Yeah. I know first form does it. The other company that um, comes to mind for me is uh, a seven international. Um, they, they do a, they do a Mm -hmm. postcard, but someone actually writes on the postcard. Uh, but you guys are still the only ones that are using like paper, right? Mm -hmm. 
because uh, first form does it i think on a printed postcard also but somebody's handwriting on that postcard but there's just still something like that intangible or that excuse me that tangible piece of paper that someone's taken time to write on that gives you that intangible feeling of like there's there's this weird other reason why i'm buying from this company like mm-hmm. you know like yeah i love the coffee and yeah i want to support small business but there's like you you actually feel this connection with somebody who you really don't know yeah. um you know and and like up until this podcast you and i have had a lot of conversation back and forth about a lot of different stuff for a while mm-hmm. um i have an idea of who you are but i didn't know your whole story i didn't know you know how long you had had spent time at bowling green and uh and done all the things that you had done and how really how viking coffee got started you know but it's just it's cool to see the evolution of not just your product and your brand but like you as the individual um and and i think you know, I see that you're taking it in the right direction. Not that it would, to me, not that it was ever in a wrong direction, but mm-hmm. the progression is going, I would, I would think in a direction that you are pleased with, um, but still looking for more. Um, so, so my, my next question would be, how do you look at your brand and, and what y'all do and how much do you compare to say like a caffeine in kilos or like black rifle coffee that mm-hmm. have a lot of cachet and a lot of cash to spend on advertisement and um, sponsorship and, and all these types of things, you know, or is it, you don't even care. You're just going to go carve your own niche and, and, you know, just keep on doing the best that you can and whatever happens happens. Mm-hmm. I, I mean as far as like comparing myself to other companies or like looking at other companies like man i wish i could do that you know that's i mean not, that's not me you know and there's like a there's a handful of of coffee companies that that i look up to or or, or like black rifle is one of them uh you know I, those guys are funny you know I, I love their content i love what they do um do i want to copy some of the things that they do i mean kind of a little but do I want to want it to, you know, really follow that? No, not really. Like I want to do my own thing. Um, I got, I guess some other brands that I really look up to as far as like kind of what I want to model or, or try to model, I should say, try to replicate what they're doing or how well they're doing it. First form being one of them, but uh, the other one, and this is, and this has by far been one of the biggest influences on the brand, I think since, day one uh has been flag nor fail so I, I don't know if you you know know those guys rob bailey dana lynn bailey all you know those people i don't know if you followed them for a long time but i actually first found out about them through youtube videos i think back in 2011 and this is when i'm i think i'm going from high school into college like lifting weights is becoming more serious, like powerlifting, all that stuff, bodybuilding kind of training is becoming real serious to me. And I like it. And I'd found their videos on YouTube. I'm like, who the fuck are these people? 
because you know Rob was huge. This crazy mohawk looks crazy and like the fuck. And then he's training with this like jacked little, like five foot three girl, short hair, just jacked out of her mind. I'm like, what the hell is this about? See, so you, you know, you're kind of like, all right, this is a little weird. So like, kind of like watch them learn about flag nor fail, who they were as people. And like, I've watched them kind of like grow and develop the brand and kind of see who they are as people as their brand has grown. And a lot of the stuff that I see them doing now and within the past, like four or five years, I'm like, man, that's really cool. I'm like, if I could get to a level that's anywhere close to like the stuff that they're doing, like I would be, I'd be stoked on that. And I guess one of the, one thing that I always say to people ask you like, well, where do you want to take fucking coffee? Uh, the easiest answer I can give is like, I want to be the flag nor fail of coffee. It's like, I do want to get into peril. I do want to do that stuff, but I'm not trying to like replicate them. Like, I just want to be that, but in coffee, if that makes sense. I don't, I don't know if it does or not, but <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not a hundred percent familiar with, with them, but uh, I, I will be checking them out and, uh, and getting a better idea of what you're, what you're wanting to aspire to. Um, you know, I think that that's great. I think, the fact that you have an idea and an end goal and you have an example out there and you have several other examples of, of kind of what you want to model off of, not just particularly in the coffee business, um, because I think it can be an oversaturated market in the sense of like, everybody is aware that there's coffee roasters out there. And then you have, mm -hmm. you know, the almighty, but all sucks Starbucks <laughs> um, I keep trying to get my wife to kick that habit, but she likes she likes the Beastie Boys style coffee. <laughs> she prefers the sugar and cream with a splash of coffee. <laughs> That's how I describe her coffee her coffee habit. Um, That's awesome. So, so some people get it right away. <laughs> I'm like, huh? And then you no, that took me a second. And then when you when you start saying it, you're like, like I don't know for you, but like every time I say it. I, I that immediate lyric comes to brain comes to the brain and so it's like playing in my mind of course uh -huh. anybody younger than us probably doesn't even know who the hell beastie boys are but if that's uh -huh. the case shame on them so <laughs> well brother man it's been awesome to have you on i'm so glad we got to get to, to do this I, I sincerely appreciate all the support that you've given me uh i'm very thankful that that we were able to to make you guys the official coffee of the podcast um I, I look forward to uh to future collaborations um oh, yeah, you man. know if if anybody doesn't want to take the time to check the show notes and, and find out uh how to how to get a hold of you for ordering or just following you um mm. you know what's what's the best way to to follow viking coffee and and uh reach out to you guys if they want to do some other uh, crazy stuff like uh, inlay a wedding ring or such <laughs> um well uh there's our there's our instagram which is at viking coffee co um no spaces i think it's all lowercase uh then if you want to reach out to me my personal instagram is i think at evan armstrong one no space or anything like that no periods um that that's about the easiest way to get a hold of us i mean i'm constantly going through like trying to keep up with our messages. 
I try to keep up with comments as best as I can. I mean, sometimes it takes me a couple of days or a couple of weeks. It just kind of depends on how busy we are, but no, that's, that's the best way. Um, or email, which you can pretty sure you can find that somewhere on our website, which. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thanks for checking out the podcast today. Really hope you enjoyed today's guest. Don't forget to leave a like and a review. We are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast fix from. Ratings and reviews really help us reach more viewers. Peace out. Have a nice day. Be the change you want to see in the world. Peace.